You're listening to the Good Girls Get Rich Podcast, episode 180. Welcome to the Good Girls Get Rich Podcast with your host, Karen Yankovich. This is where we embrace how good you are, girl. Stop being the best kept secret in town. Learn how to use simple LinkedIn and social media strategies and make the big bucks. Hello there, I'm your host, Karen Yankovich, and this is episode 180 of the Good Girls Get Rich podcast, and this podcast is brought to you by She's Linked Up, where we teach simple relationship, heart-based LinkedIn marketing to women that gets them on the phone consistently with people that can change their business, their life, and their bank account forever. We create wealthy women of influence around here with digital marketing, and the human touch, human-to-human marketing. So if you've listened before, if you love what you hear today, you know we love to hear from you. So please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. If you're feeling it, leave us a review. It lets us know what you're resonating with so we know how to do, how to tailor our topics moving forward. Share it on social media, right? You can take a quick screenshot. Use the hashtag goodgirlsgetrich. Certainly tag me. I'm at Karen Yankovich. Tag our guest today and we'll be sure to share your post with our audiences and we all get more visibility that way. Just go to KarenYankovich.com slash 180. You'll see the blog for this page. You'll see a link for SpeakPipe where you can leave us an audio message. Maybe you've got a guest you think we should interview. Maybe you've got a topic you'd love to hear me talk about. I'd love to get that message from you. So KarenYankovich.com slash 180 and look for the link to SpeakPipe. But you'll also see all the links we talk about here on today's episode. I cannot wait for you to meet Linda Ugolo today. Linda and I have been working together for a couple of years now. We met through a business program and it's been so fun to watch her journey as she had the concept for and now has an actual physical book in her hand and she's just brilliant. She is brilliant and I want I don't even want to give it away yet. I want you to listen in and check out my friend Linda. So we are here today with Linda Ugolo, and Linda believes that if you feel called to take your business, your life's work, or your leadership to the next level, the fear of public speaking shouldn't hold you back. She's helped hundreds of new and seasoned professionals around the world get comfortable in their own skin, on stage, and on camera. A speaking empowerment coach and an international speaker, she's been featured in Money Magazine, Thrive Global, and Nylon. Linda wants you to feel free to put your yourself and your ideas out there, make a difference, and have fun doing it. And her new book is out like right this second. So I'm so excited to talk to you today, Linda. Welcome. Thank you, Karen. I'm very excited to be here with you. Yeah. So when we first met, it was a few years ago, and you were talking about your book, and now here we are. It's here, right? I've seen it. I've seen pictures of it. I've, it's on pre-order. I've got it on my uh, my Amazon pre-order. We're recording this a little before this goes live. When you're listening to this, you should. I should have it in my hands by then, I would think. But you know, here's what I think, and here we're going to dive into things. But you know, we are both entrepreneurs. We met in a business group that we're both in that helped us learn how to grow our own businesses, and I think that. The people that embrace public speaking and public speaking doesn't have to be standing on a stage in front of a million people with a microphone, right? This podcast interviews is, it could be public speaking, right? The people that embrace that and understand the value of getting themselves like the one to many aspect of that. It's a, it's a faster path to their professional success. So I, I love what you do for people. So tell us a little bit about why you do this. What brought you to, to this space in, in the market? You know, we never really know where we're going in life. Necessarily, we can have all the best plans, but sometimes life has plans for us. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's the case with this 
this book and with my my work right now of helping people to overcome their fear of being seen and heard, I didn't realize I was on this path myself. But looking back, I realized, oh my God, yes, this has been my own journey of how to feel comfortable speaking. And look, we're all speakers. We we speak all day long right. in right. conversations, important conversations or casual ones, one to one and one to many, as you mentioned. I realized that I was very anxious speaking, almost always. I grew up in a family where I didn't feel comfortable to be myself. And so I became very introverted. I was much more happy in my room in my fantasy land. Mm-hmm. And that I remember, I think it was when I, I transferred from one college to the next, and I moved in with two recent graduates who were both in psychology. And because they were in psychology, they started to ask me questions about myself. And I thought, my God, no one's ever asked me questions about myself. I never had the space to speak. So as I said, this has been my journey. I always felt uncomfortable speaking, even one-to-one. I Have you ever thought of, had those conversations where you thought, oh God, I should have said that. I shouldn't have Mm -hmm. said this. Yes. What do they think? You know, that was, that was me. And I was a people pleaser. I always try to keep the peace. I want, I thought that I was successful if everyone liked me. So I tried to be what I thought people wanted me to be. And it was far away from what my authentic self, whatever. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't know what an authentic self was. Yes. So yes, yes. This, this is, um, this is why I think life led me to this, but it wasn't until pretty late in my life until about six years ago, that I stumbled into wanting to just get rid of that nervousness that I had when I was live streaming on the first live streaming app, Periscope. Actually, it was one of the first two, Periscope (laughs) and Meerkat. No one has ever heard of Meerkat. It was- I know, right? And Meerkat was before Periscope. Yeah. Yeah. And it was there for a blink. Yeah. And then Periscope only had its heyday for about nine months before Facebook caught on to live streaming. And then, you know, the rest yeah. is yeah. recent current events. It wasn't until that time when I was st- I was broadcasting daily because all the marketing gurus said, you got to get out there daily to build your following. And I was going to do what they told me to do, thinking like probably most people think, oh, yeah, I'll do it for a few weeks and I'll feel fine. A few weeks went by and I did not feel fine. A few more weeks went by and I was still dealing with my nerves. Now I was still showing up, but inside I was suffering. I would have to take a half an hour before each 10 minute live stream Mm -hmm. to calm myself down. I would do jumping jacks and dancing and meditation and power poses. And by the time I got to 10 weeks of this, I thought, this sucks. Mm. Yeah. And it's not changing. And something is wrong with this picture because everyone says, oh, with experience, you'll get confident with, you know, um, practice, you'll feel fine. And no, that didn't work for me. So I thought, well, whatever, what can I do about this? I I don't want to, you know, how long can I keep this up? Mm -hmm. And that's when I took a step back and I thought, you know, I've been pushing through it. What happens if I investigated instead? Okay. And, and that's when I thought, okay, so if I was going to get rid of this, or if I was going to investigate it, what is, what is the fear even trying to say? What is it about? 
And I closed my eyes to connect with it. And what came back was, you're going to be attacked. And the first thing that came to me was, where have I been attacked? And a memory pops in of my sisters. As I mentioned, I didn't feel comfortable to express myself. Yeah. I saw my sisters get punished. I mean, kind of like yelled at, arms twisted, mouth cleaned out with soap, that kind of stuff. And I vowed to myself, I would never do anything that would make mom angry at me the way she was angry at them. So I became the goody-goody. And then what did my mom do? She didn't have any kind of introspection or self-reflection in her bone in her body. She would say to my sisters, why can't you girls be more like Linda? Right. I know that doesn't, how does that go over? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That didn't go over so well for me. So I didn't want to get punished by my mother, but I got punished by my sisters. And, you know, they attack me. They tell me to shut up, call me stupid. And so, you know, I just didn't feel, you know, I didn't want to be seen. And then, oh my God, it was like this duh moment. Of course, I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be put in the center of attention. I didn't want to have that light there because I learned that it was dangerous. Mm. And then all of a sudden it like this whole awareness opened up for me. What if this fear that we have of being seen and heard is not some random thing without a cause, but it's connected to those experiences that we had earlier on that didn't get resolved in a meaningful way that we could move on from them feeling whole and put together, that we were somehow wounded or injured by them, inhibited. Interesting. So that's when I started, I started to scurry around and think, oh my God, what else happened to me? What else did people say to me that contributed to this and maybe glommed together and created this feeling of, of fear? And right. I spent the next kind of four days in a personal intensive. And Karen, before the end of the week, I was over it. Wow. I was over it. Wow. Yeah. I, I it is, it's, yeah. it's, it is crazy how when you, when you stare your demons right face to face in the eye, how easy it is. For, and I'm not, it's not always easy, but how sometimes it, it, it's easy for it to melt away. Right. I was yeah. lucky because I happen to have a lot of tools. I have a master's degree in expressive therapies, movement studies, specialized. I've been doing personal development from, you know, for decades. And I just never thought to apply it. And I also didn't know what to apply it to because I didn't know that it, that this fear wasn't the villain. I was trying to manage the villain, like Mm. put a bandaid on it, trying to manage the symptoms and make them less. I didn't realize it was more of a messenger pointing to things that needed to be healed. Very interesting. Well, let me ask you this, because one of the things that I know about you is that you have a musical background, right? And a dan- is it dance and music or just yeah, dance? Yeah, it's both. Dance, yeah, I've been part of the Women's so, World Music Group. Yeah. So how is that different? How is it different to be seen on a stage dancing than it is to be seen on a stage with a microphone in your hands? Uh, well, it, it's it's a complex question. <laughs> You know, you, I, you said I could go anywhere. I'm you, you were talking. I'm, I'm like, I, I want to know this. Fine, I want right. to know this. I'm, I'm going to try to <laughs> like pull this in and be focused and concise. Okay. <laughs> I I loved dancing because I didn't have to speak. I could express mm-hmm. myself, but I that doesn't mean I felt comfortable expressing myself. Right. I I desired to. I loved the experience of moving. I wanted to be seen, but I had 
so much tightness and inhibition. However, during that period of time, because I was in the group for 40 years, was when I was in my master's degree and I had discovered this process called authentic movement, which comes out of dance therapy. It's where you close your eyes. In stillness, you listen for your body to have an impulse to move, and then you allow your body to move, and your mind kind of just watches it like a movie. Like, oh, what's this? What are my arms doing? Oh, I'm reaching up to the sky. Oh, now I'm turning around. Oh, this is interesting. I'm making a fist and pounding. Or, you know, so I'm letting, it's kind of like stream of consciousness right. movement. And at the same time, there's somebody witnessing you. And because there's someone witnessing you, you're acutely aware of that. And in this process, you, there may be blankets. So I might cover myself up with a blanket and explore feeling like I don't want to be seen. And then I get hot and I throw that blanket off and I'd, I'd be like, okay, here I am. So it was like, I did this process four days a week. I started to teach this process and I did it four mm -hmm. days a week for seven years. And during this time, I became extremely comfortable being seen. So I could, you know, I could cry, I could wail, I could be doing ugly things. I didn't care who was watching. And that cured me of being seen, of being uncomfortable being seen on stage. So as a dancer in the group, we were in in Morocco, in Bulgaria, I would have like national TV, like seven cameras on me when I danced, I was perfectly at ease because I was comfortable being seen. However, when my director said, Linda, would you introduce that song? I was like, oh, don't ask me to do that. But I, you know, this was the deal. Everyone in the group yeah. had to introduce. She felt like it was important for the audience to hear our speaking voices. Lots of times, some years I got out of it because I had so many dances. I said, oh, I have a costume change. I can't do it. Or there's no good place. But other times I felt like I couldn't get out of it. And I would, I would deal with it. But probably three or four songs in advance, I'd start making mistakes in my, in the songs because I would be thinking about what I'm, you know, having to speak. So I, I just didn't like speaking. Singing, it was interesting. Singing, I would say, was someplace in the middle. Okay. If I felt well, the, like the reason yeah. I ask is because I feel like I want people that are listening to this guy. You know, here's what here's what I think. I think many entrepreneurs, many people with podcasts, many speakers, many even many musicians often are introverts, right? Yeah. But they're but the microphone or the, the their instrument or the music that they're dancing to, you know, helps them. So, it, so I think that people listening to this that feel like I just couldn't do that because I, you know, I think it's important to understand that it is, it, it blew me away when I kind of learned that when I realized that many people, you know, you can give me a microphone, I'll stand on a stage with a million people. I don't care, but like put me in a room one-to-one -one with a couple of people. And I'm like, I'm good if I know them, but you know, it's, it's like, I'm the person at the conference that needs in my own room. So I can go like de intro, like I need to get just decompress from all of the conversation. Right. But I didn't realize that this was, that was really common with people that are visible like speakers and dancers and. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And certainly as an introvert, I think introverts make great speakers and performers. Mm-hmm. Because you're in control. You've got the mic. It's not like you have to manage yes. who yes. is speaking now and sharing airtime. And I, I, but you got to understand there's difference between introversion and, and shyness or, or anxiety. 
Yes. Well, and that's where I wanted to go with this next, because just because I'm saying that doesn't mean I'm sure there's other people that are saying like, you know, I'd much rather, you know, eat nails than stand on a stage with a thousand people. Right. So, so how do you help those people? What's, what's different. And I want to get to your book because obviously you talk a lot about this in your book, but I, but how do you help those people, people that are just, I want to do this, right. I know that I need to turn my camera on and go live on Facebook. I know that, you know, if I can get interviewed on some podcasts, like that's a big part of the work that I do with my people is I want you to be more visible, not because the visibility necessarily makes you money. Although I definitely get clients from this kind of thing, but it gives you credibility, right? When you're, when you're, and people can get to know, like, and trust you a little bit before they've even talked to you. And, and it's just a faster path to being able to support the exact right people that you want to support. Right, oh, there's so many benefits. Your voice. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there even there are so many benefits for being visible. I mean, being on podcasts, you get to articulate your ideas, and the yeah. better you articulate your ideas, the better you can communicate. Right. Whether it's like on a sales call or if it's on a stage, because mm-hmm. really, like we're speaking is our human design. What we want to feel is that anywhere we go, we can express ourselves in the way that right. we want. And it's a work in progress. I mean, it is for me too. I don't have fear, but it's still, I'm still feel like I'm in progress in articulating my thoughts. I'm still in progress of, or process of learning to express myself in a way that I feel gets my ideas packaged so that other people can understand them. Yes. Yes. You know, so you're always growing and that, but it can be fun when you don't have the fear. So talk to us about how do you, what, how do you start taking the steps towards having less fear or no fear? Yes. And I want to, I, before I go, go into, I want to mm-hmm. touch on something you said, it doesn't matter if you're comfortable speaking to a thousand and not comfortable speaking to five, mm-hmm. or if you're comfortable speaking on stage, but not on camera or on camera and not on stage, mm-hmm. the process I take people through is the same. Beautiful. Beautiful. Because we are uncomfortable, comfortable in some situations and not in others because of our particular pattern or unique experience, you know, unique mm-hmm. pattern of experience and messages that we heard and, and just who we are, who we are in the world and in ourselves. So the process is first to reveal and heal. So what I mean by that is that we need to uncover what are the messages you heard, what are the experiences you had that led you to conclude it wasn't safe to be seen or to express yourselves or to speak. Now, when I say messages, it could be in the media, it could be in the culture, or it could have been directly from your family. Things things that parents say or that we hear said that are meant to shut you up. Mm. Silence is golden. Don't speak back to your elders. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Use your indoor voice. Don't talk so much. I don't know. What did you hear, Karen? Yeah, all of those. All of those. (laughs) Absolutely. Children should be seen and not heard, right? Yeah. Don't speak unless spoken to. Right. And if you're trying to be good, if you're trying to belong, if you want to be accepted, then you adopt those things. And what somehow we're supposed to just like drop it? Right. It becomes right. part of our neurophysiology. Right. And we're kind of unlearn like- Unlearn it somehow. We have to unlearn it. And Don't I, you feel like at this age where I feel like I'm unlearning more than I'm learning at this at the age <laughs> that I'm at right now. I feel like I'm unlearning a lot. 
Yeah, still. I think it's an even exchange. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so many. I mean, <laughs> come on, with our changing technology, you are always right. on a learning curve. You're right. Always You're on right. a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two are the experiences you had. So this could be in your home. It could be in school. And I want to say that when you have injuries, you can have injuries in a very loving, well-meaning family. Mm-hmm. My yes. my mom was extremely affectionate with me, but I remember bringing a, a report card home and she said, why an A minus and not an A plus? Right. Do you think I concluded something from that? I have right. to be perfect. Not good enough. You're not, not good, enough. good enough. You're not good enough. Right. right. Or you would be prettier if you got a nose job. Yeah. I yeah, I was self-conscious for nearly all my life because of my the shape of my nose. Or really? Your teeth, my teeth were, I had some baby teeth. She mm-hmm. said, those, those baby teeth look ugly when you smile. So I tried not to smile and just think of what a, right, right. I mean, every time I laughed, which is supposed to be joyful and such a pleasure, it was an, uh, an experience of shame for me. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I, I, just, I mean, similarly grew up with a family that was very loving and supportive, but I don't know. And, and I kid you not when I say this, that when I got my 23andMe DNA back and saw that I really am a member of that family, there was always <laughs> a part of me that thought maybe I was adopted and they trade me, traded me in the hospital or something because my family's all like, they all have pensions, they're teachers and they don't understand me. So yeah. because they don't understand me and they try, but they yeah. also, you know, say things sometimes to me, but I'm like, did you hear what you just said? You know, like I'll go to a speaking engagement and they're like, okay, did you make a lot of money? I'm like, did I ask you about your paycheck? Do I have to explain to you how this works? Like, why do you, but because they don't get it. Right. There's a lot of th- them trying to understand it. There's a lot of stuff where I'm like, whoa, I can't believe that you just said that. Right. So, yeah. so, but I, I had to learn that they don't understand it. So because they don't understand it, I have to be a little gentler about you know, you have to let go how I accept of that wanting stuff, right? their, their approval. Exactly. Exactly. And their understanding and know yeah. that it doesn't mean that, oh, people aren't interested in me. See, this, these are the things that we can yeah. conclude is people aren't interested in me. They don't know what they don't, they don't want me to talk or they're going to judge me or they're not going to understand me. And these, yeah. this is the bad. These are kind of like, we're in the we're the lucky ones. Then there are people yes, who yes. are abused and hurt and diminished and ridiculed and shamed and punished and all that. Or you go into school and of course there's a bullying or the mean teacher, you're pressured right. to perform. You're graded for everything that you do. You, I mean, they say you're here to learn, but it's better if you already know it. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you so know, there's and- all this fear of making mistakes and not knowing mm-hmm. enough. And all, every. And what are people going to think when you talk about this stuff? And again, if you don't know it, if you don't know, nobody knows everything, right? You don't need to. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, you know, especially you know, one of the most, I think one of the most courageous things and the smartest things that people can do to learn is to be able to say in a meeting, I'm not really sure. Let me check that out and get back to you. Absolutely. Right. Like that, that, when you can say that, now you're working on your confidence. You don't have to know everything. Right. Um, so why can't they teach that in school? I know. Right. Instead of, I know, I hear you. I hear you. I have, that could be another entire podcast (laughs) conversation in and of itself. But I, you know, I think it's important people hear this conversation to hear the kinds of things that you grew up with, or I grew up with, not that it matters what we grew up with, but you know, it's, it's, there was no magic wand that said, Karen is going to do this. I remember the first podcast episode I put out, I remember, and 
for those of you that haven't heard it, you should now you need to go back and listen to it. Cause I talked a little bit about what brought me to wanting to support women. You know, I grew up in the sixties and the seventies and, you know, all the things you said were the things that were beat into me, right? Like women should, you know, women, well, all those things. And I remember when the first episode came out, my sister called me and she said, like, I don't know, maybe we grew up in two different worlds. Like, I don't remember anything you just said. Like I, like she didn't, she couldn't relate to any of it. Do you know what I mean? And, and that there was a time that I wouldn't have put that out because of that. Right. But I was just like, I, I don't, it, you know, it is what it is. That's, this is my truth, yeah. you know, yeah. but it took, it takes time, man, to be able to not, you know, to have the confidence to just talk, to speak your truth mm-hmm. and speaking your truth with a microphone in your hand in front of an audience. And, yeah. you know, so yeah. let's, let's get to that. I want to, I want to yeah. sure get to that. So, so I just want to um, point out that like it, you can't heal what you don't know is there. So that's why it's important to uncover, you know, what are the messages? What, what are the things that you right. heard? What right. are the experiences you had? Once you have them, it's not enough to know what they are. Then you got to do something with it because if they were just going to resolve on their own, they would have resolved on their own. Right. Right. So you need to, you need to apply some attention and some new ways of thinking and feeling about it. You've got to acknowledge, first of all, you've got to acknowledge that it happened. And I, in my work, I, I am sure that if someone who's listening has a therapist or as a coach, you might be able to do this work with them or buy my book. Maybe you can do it on your own, but I recommend taking a multi-modality approach. And the reason why is that when it comes to memories and old experiences, it's not just something in our head. It lives in our body because it's emotional and it hurt us on an emotional level. So we have to address it mentally, emotionally, and physically. Okay. All right. So what I mean by, so I like to use a multimodality approach. So I use something called EFT. People might know Mm -hmm. that as tapping emotional freedom technique. What I love about this is that it acknowledges what you felt acknowledges what happened and you can draw yourself from where you were to where you want to be. Okay. It also allows you, as you say different statements to feel inside yourself and see how they hit you. So when you are saying, okay, um, my sisters kicked me, they called me stupid. They told me to shut up. All of a sudden, maybe I would have some emotions well up. And I went, oh, okay, this is, this is getting somewhere. Right, it's touching right. something. I, I was so scared. I wanted them to love me. I just wanted us to be happy. So like, then you get to get inside yourself as your younger you and with compassion and listening to that younger you, the way you wanted to be listened to at the time. Yeah. Oh you my know? gosh. That's one of the, that's one of the toughest yeah, like self-care work for me yes. is going back and comforting young Karen. Yes. You know? Like what did young Karen to want yeah. to hear? What did, yep. if, if she could bring, and this is an, a journaling exercise prompt that I love is if you could envision a fantasy helper or device even mm-hmm. that at that time could like change the outcome so that you felt on, on the, in the aftermath, okay, put together, whole, what would that, what would that 
fairy godmother or that super hero or, or, um, I had people even say they had a remote control or, you know, whatever it is that would make them feel like, okay, this is what I wished I had had. And what you're actually doing is reparenting yourself. Ooh, ooh, I like this. I like this. I'm a, I didn't realize you had EFT in your book. I love, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a fan of EFT because I, I always feel like I need to be doing something, right? So a lot of self-care work is more reflection and EFT gives, allows me to reflect and do, Yeah. right? So it, it, it satisfies that part of me that's like, but what am I doing about this, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm yeah. a fan. And then ultimately you've got to forgive and let go. I mean, that's, that's what, where we want to go with it. And I, I also, because I'm a movement person, I love incorporating movement, even in very simple things of swaying to music and putting your hands on your heart and envisioning hugging your younger self and just telling her that you love her, you see her, you understand her. She's safe with you. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, so your book covers all of this? Your yes, book covers it does. everything we talked yes, about. Her book, by the way, Linda's book, it, of course, you'll have the links in the in the show notes for this, but it's called Delight in the Limelight. Yes, Delight in the amazing, Limelight. It's an amazing title. Overcome your fear of being seen and realize your dreams. Because what happens is that when we're in this place of fear, we limit what we allow ourselves to do and what we can see ourselves doing. Mm-hmm. When you when you take care of your your stuff, when you clear that stuff from the back, from the background of your life, then you can be fully in your present and looking forward. You can put all your energy into what it is that you want to do because yeah. you're not needing to manage the past. So what can people do right away to help themselves feel more comfortable? Well, sometimes I do get an email saying, okay, I know I've got to do this deep work, but I've got a gig next week. Ah, I'm freaking out. And I actually, in one of the early chapters, I say, hey, I know this may be you. Mm-hmm. And this is what I recommend is to mentally rehearse, not what you want to say, but how you want to feel and how you want to see yourself. So let's say you're going to be on a podcast. How do you, how do you want to like, see or feel as you're, you're speaking? How do you want to express yourself? What's the energy you want to be putting into it? How do you want the energy to be between the host and you or the people listening? How do you want them to feel? And then how do you want to feel when you're done? You want to feel proud. You want to feel like you gave it your all. And even if you made a mistake, I, you like forgive yourself for whatever you didn't do or ever anything you did do that you wish you did differently. Right, so all right. those things kind of pave the way for you to have the kind of experience you want. I love that. I'm a big fan of envisioning. I think that it's important. One of the things we do in our She's Linked Up program is before we even start writing their profile, we kind of make them step into the future and what would future you be feeling right now if all the things that you really want, you know, come to be. And and here's the thing. I love what you're talking about because for me, you know, there's my business and there's my life, but they're, they are intertwined, right? They're intertwined, but that doesn't mean that I don't need to, or I don't benefit by tools that help me be more ready for something in my business. For example, I, 
you know, and I'm not going to say this is every single time, but if, if I, if I was as organized as I think I am sometimes, which I'm totally not, but if I was, I would be doing 10 or 15 minutes of envisioning or energy, like energy work or be getting energy up or dancing around the room and singing before every live, not because I need the confidence, but because I love the energy it brings Yes, and it shifts my energy from the laundry I just threw in the dryer to Karen, the CEO, that's going to now hopefully support people that's hearing this podcast. Right. So, so I think that it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. In fact, I was at a conference one time and it was a local conference. So I knew a lot of the speakers there and I was, I happened to be the keynote and I was jumping around the the room and the speaker, like, what are you doing? I go, I go on every stage. Like I am Tony Robbins, you know, like (laughs) I do, like I do. I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, like I want to, if I sit here and talk to you till two seconds before I go on stage, what kind of energy do I have when I walk up on that stage? Right. So to me, it just makes it more fun too. And, and when you start incorporating like the envisioning and the energy work and you see it come to be, and you realize how, how I'm going to even go with simple. It can be, you know, when you start to just, just be it before you actually, you know, step into it. It just makes everything so much more fun as as opposed to stressful, right? As opposed to stress and anxiety. Yes. But that, but you, the thing is that while you're still in a place of fear, these, these things, the dancing, which Mm -hmm. I, I have my whole last chapter is about how to like shift your energy. So you have a peak experience. Right. Right. But when you are coming from a place of fear, all those things just help you to manage the fear or a lot of it gets sucked into managing the fear. When you are over the fear, then it puts you in a place of intense presence right. and intentionality. Right. And that's what I right. love that you say. Of course, we should all do that. At the very least, you say a mantra. Right. Right. Yep. I call it a key a keystone mantra, like, may I be helpful? It could be just that, but you, but do something yeah, to shift the, your energy. So you bring how you want to be. Right. But Linda, I'm going to say that, and I know that you've talked about this working in many different areas, right? Not just, you know, on a podcast or whatever, but I also do this before I get on a call with somebody that's interested in working with me. Mm. Like I put my hands on my heart. I really try to connect with them. I'm like, who is it that is showing up for them? Can I really support them? And if the person that, you know, like I want to be that person, because again, we're especially women that are multitasking and everybody's working from home now. Right. So you, you're going from, you know, walking the dog and talking to your next door neighbor about the roses to, oh my gosh, I got to call in two minutes. Right. So, so I think it's even more important to take that same energy that you're talking about, you know, for speaking and being in the limelight, even into things like that. And I, and I think it makes you more, it it gives you a higher level of success, right? Because these are people that you don't know. It's, I don't think it's all that different to speak to somebody one-on-one about, you know, enrolling in your program as it is to speak to a room full of people. You're still coming to them as an influencer or as an expert, right? And, you know, hoping that you're there and you know, imparting some kind of value on their life, whatever that looks like. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, even if you are in a room, you want to be speaking to the one. 
Yes. 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 I love that. I love that. All right. So tell us about your book. Your book is called delight in the limelight. We'll put links in the, in the show notes for it. Um, if you know, you can order it, pre-order it, depending on, I mean, I think, I think the book will be out and you can be able to have it in your hands. Um, by the time this goes out and you absolutely should get it. You honestly, I don't say that about everybody on the show, but I do believe that speaking and having those logos and things like that. It's not about the logos and all that. It's about the, the, the credibility it gives you, right? So if having a few tips like this is going to help you be more confident doing that, then why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want that? Right? Why wouldn't you want that? If you get one little tip out of this, it can really start to shift how you are feeling about yourself even, right? Like Linda, the first time you saw that book, how did that feel? Like you feel about yourself differently, right? When you see the book with your name as the author. So tell us about that. Cause I want to know about that moment. <laughs> I have to say it's very surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody took, took my, you know, cause I've always looked at it on the computer in a digital form. It's like, wow, somebody like took it and made it into this physical thing that I, I can hold. It's, it's amazing. And I feel, you know, I was at a conference podcast movement um, mm-hmm. two weeks ago yeah. and there was a speaker there and he shared, he said, I'm feeling nervous right now, but I'm going to get my swagger back in a few minutes. And he said a couple of other things and I went up to him and it's the only person that I felt this way that I brought a few mm-hmm. copies, but he's the only person I gave my book to. And I said, I really would love you to take a look at this and just give me some feedback if you feel like it feels relevant for what you do. And he wrote me the other day and he had taken a snapshot of one of the first pages and he said, this speaks exactly how I feel. Oh, that's awesome. And he said, and he said, I know there was a bigger reason why you gave me this book. So that's amazing. That's amazing. I love that story. Well, the week that this episode goes live, I will be at the She Podcast Conference in Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't know if you'll be there. I, um, maybe if not, I, you should be. Let's maybe talk I about should it. be. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk. talk about it. But, um, so if you're at the She, if you're listening to this and you're at the She Podcast Conference, come find me, message me somewhere and let's meet up and have some coffee and talk about, it. I'm actually doing a talk there. So I'll have the microphone there. Um, but I've got a lot of stuff going on. So at that conference, so, um, uh, we're, we're hosting a big breakfast again. So find me so you can come to the breakfast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. Cause I think, I do think for many of us, so many people, and we talked about this before we came live, many people that listen to the show are entrepreneurs, but not everyone, you know, professional women that are looking to just kind of elevate their career. If you are getting interviewed on podcasts around what you're expert in, what do you think that does to the, the glass ceiling, right? That, that you might have perceived have been there at some point, right? You're the one that's, and there are a billion podcasts. I promise you there's one that wants to interview you, right? So if you really kind of find that place where you can delight in the limelight, right? And, and show up in this confident way where you're showing up as an expert with this microphone in your hand, whatever that looks like, it changes everything for you, whether you're an entrepreneur or a business professional, I think it changes everything. So I want to, I want to make sure that you're all hearing that, not just people that, that are, you know, speakers at conferences and things like that. No, no, it's for, for anyone who is on the spectrum of just a few butterflies or complete terror, but you know that there's a hidden speaker inside waiting to come out. So tell me how people can find you other than finding your book. How else can people find you and stay in your world? Yes. So if you go to empowermentkit.com, 
dot me, not dot com, but empowermentkit.me, you'll get my speaker's empowerment kit, which includes the kind of visualization that I, I described a little bit earlier on for speaking on stage. I also have a visualization for getting on camera and also 61 power thoughts for you to look through and help you kind of like get your mojo up. And Amazing. so you, that's all free. That is for you to, to download. And otherwise I'm everywhere. Linda Ugalo. I love to hang out on TikTok, by the way. <laughs> yes, you are my TikTok inspiration. If anybody's watching this, maybe I'll be TikToking more by the time you watch this in October, but I had a spurt and I loved it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work. And then I dropped off, but I'm going to, I'm, uh, you're inspiring me to do it again. So I yeah. love your TikToks. Yes. We're going to link to your TikTok in the show notes too. Okay. Great. great awesome. Great. All right, Linda, this has been so fun. I was, it was so great to catch up with you and to just hear all about what you're doing. I'm so excited about your book. And I, I kind of, I feel like I watched you birth it, you know, so, cause we've been friends for a while. Right. So I, I feel like I've watched you birth it. And when you were sharing what cover, which cover do you like better and the titles and here it is now. So, um, congratulations, congratulations. And um, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you, Karen. Come on. Is Linda not amazing? I just love the work she's doing in this world. She's so kind and she's so brilliant and she's so generous. You have to check out her TikTok. It's amazing. Um, and just start to just really follow her in all the places because she's really doing amazing things in this world. And having Linda in your life is amazing. And I know that because she's in my life, right? So you definitely want to have Linda in your life, you know, and Here's the deal. Linda and I started working together years ago and have built a relationship that I think has served us both quite well over the years. If you want to learn how to do that, if that's something that you think is going to help you in your business, meet more people that can change your business, your life, and your bank account, then let's talk. Okay, let's talk. We are still offering complimentary calls. Go to karenyankovich.com slash call to grab a spot on the calendar. We will talk to you. We'll talk about how we view relationship marketing in line with what you're doing. We want to hear what's going on in your business. We are listening on this call way more than we're talking. And we really want to hear what's working in your business and what's not working in your business. But most importantly, where you want your business to go. And if we think some of the relationship marketing tools that we have can help you. We're definitely going to tell you what that looks like, of course, but either way, we have no end of ideas for you. So I'd love to see your name on our calendar. KarenYankovich.com slash call gets you there. Let's chat. Let's see if some support from our She's Linked Up family is in your future, right? In the meantime, I would love for you to help me share this podcast. Take a quick screenshot of this episode on your phone. Share that on social media. Tag me. Tag Linda. You know, we'll share it with our audiences. We are here to just rise up all women all over the place. And this is one of the ways we do that. So make, if, make sure you tag us so we can see it and we can share it with our audiences. And then we all get more visibility that way. I'm here to support you. And I will see you back here next week with another episode of the Good Girls Get Rich podcast. 